Good ranchers. Father's Day is coming up. Kids, here's what I want. Good ranchers. This is the place to get American beef, chicken, seafood, 100% American meat. And this is really important. Right now, they're giving away two free 18-ounce prime center-cut ribeyes. Let me swallow the spit in my mouth. Every person that uses the promo code Glenn, that's over two pounds of prime ribeye steaks just added to your order at no cost. Father's Day, no time to wait. Claim your ribeye before they run out. This this is a very limited stock item. First come, first serve. You want to be first when it comes to good ranchers. They deliver the best from the best American farms and ranches right to your door. Take five minutes right now. GoodRanchers.com slash Glenn or use the promo code Glenn at checkout to get your two free 18-ounce ribeyes. Do it now. And welcome to the Glenn Beck program. So, Michael Sussman was acquitted yesterday. What a surprise! I mean, you know, you had two donors to uh, Clinton on the jury. Uh, I think you had a Bernie Sanders person. The judge's wife was uh, friends with uh, the two lovebirds that were texting, sexting one another. That was great. I mean, what could have gone wrong there? But what does that mean? Does it? I mean, because it was it was clear what happened, and it was clear that the media was involved, and Hillary Clinton herself was involved. So is this the end of the Durham investigation? Is this all we got? We go to somebody who has been following this and knows the answers to that question and many others, Sean Davis from The Federalist in 60 seconds. So Jamie wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. She said, my husband and I both started using Relief Factor and we were pleasantly surprised at the results. We had minor aches and pains. I had problems with my knee that just wasn't improving. And after about two weeks of taking Relief Factor, we began to see wonderful reductions in pain. I. She writes, my knee is no longer in stabbing pain all the time. We won't go without it. It's Relief Factor. Please just try it. See if it works for you. Three-week quick start developed for you, 1995. It's a dollar a day. It's a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. About 70% of them go on to order more. It's relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF, 1-800-4-RELIEF. Or get the 1995 three-week quick start developed just for you. Relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. 
Feel the difference. Sean Davis from The Federalist, the CEO and co-founder, is joining us now. Sean, I saw this, and I wasn't surprised by the acquittal just because of the jury, but I don't really know exactly what does that mean. I mean, it implicated Clinton uh, and the media, but are we done now? Well, I think we're probably done with running cases in the District of Columbia, where the jury clearly did nullification, which is they basically don't even listen to the facts. They decided coming in, they didn't like the case, and that was going to be it. So I, I think if you actually want convictions, uh, that that case has to be the end of bringing indictments into D.C. because it, it would it's similar to what you see in elections in North Korea or Iraq where yeah. the dictator gets 99% of the vote. It's obscene. And, and it was weird. I mean, you had one juror come out and say, so what if he lied to the FBI? Everybody does it. There are bigger crimes. Then lying to the FBI? Really? When you're talking about the the future of our country and corruption and trying to take out a seated president? Really? I mean... Uh, well, Compare that to the Michael Flynn trial. Recall that Michael Flynn was completely set up, um, that his name was leaked in order to destroy him and the Trump administration early on in the presidency. And when evidence came out that he was completely set up, that he didn't lie, and that the DOJ and the prosecutors themselves said there's no case here, a corrupt judge in the uh, D.C. District Court said, no, actually, I'm not going to let you pull these charges. So compare that to what just happened with this DNC lawyer. And it tells you everything you need to know about the so-called justice system uh, uh, when it comes to political people in D.C. It doesn't exist. I mean, I, I really didn't think it would even make it to court. I didn't even think about the court being so screwed up. Uh, you know, I didn't didn't think about the D.C. court. Uh, and it's uh, I mean, it. That's just that was just a blow. I knew it was coming because, uh, you know, once I saw the jury selection, I was there's there's no way this is going to go anywhere. Now, tell me what it means going forward. Anything going forward? uh, Oh, absolutely. I I think we learned so much from how Durham prosecuted this. Um, We learned, for example, that Hillary greenlit that entire completely bogus Alpha Bank hoax against Trump during the 2016 election. Um, we learned a lot of additional information in there. And, and I think just reading the tea leaves, and of course I could be wrong, Durham is building a much, much bigger case. And I think the whole Alpha Bank thing with Sussman lying about it um, showed just how completely corrupt the FBI and the media are. They were working together. Um, yeah. They were sharing information. They were seeding things with each other to do this sort of circular a confirmation thing. I think we're going to get a lot more about how the entire uh, Russiagate investigation launched by the FBI against Trump in 2016 was itself a hoax from the beginning. From the beginning. So I expect that Durham will unravel that, but we'll see. Okay, so, you know, the my speculation was at the very beginning that he was hoping that Sussman would turn and he could get the things that he needed from him as he would turn on, uh, you know, the Clinton campaign. He didn't turn, but he did. I mean, he gave all that information in the end anyway. It all came out in the end. So was this originally just a 
uh, a foundation laying case and a search for the truth that Sussman couldn't get out of out of people in his investigation? Well, it could be because we actually uh, or not. We Durham was able to get access to a whole bunch of emails he didn't have previously that that the DNC and Hillary campaign and Fusion GPS were all pretending were privileged communications with their attorneys. Durham was able to significantly pierce that during the trial. And, and to me, kind of the foundation goes back to when that inspector general report came out from the Department of Justice IG. And in that report, the IG said, oh, the, the, there's no evidence the Russia thing was political and it was it was legally predicated. And on that day, Durham himself came out and issued a statement that he, based on his review of the evidence, didn't think that was true. We've not really heard anything about that since that day, I think at the end of uh, 2019. And I believe that is where we're going to end up. We are going to find out what exactly started this bogus investigation. So so do you know yet, as Durham telegraphed it all, what comes next? Well, we have ne- he hasn't telegraphed it. We have another indictment sitting out of Igor Danchenko, who is the so-called primary subsource for all of the nonsensical lies peddled by Christopher Steele in his dossier against Trump. This guy is a, um, a, a Russian national living in, in the U.S., uh, used to work at Brookings, shocker, who had uh, peddled all sorts of nonsense, including that infamous videotape uh, that didn't exist. Uh, of Trump in a hotel in Moscow. Right. So that trial is still upcoming and that trial is being held in Virginia. So I think that'll be a different, uh, mm. that'll play out differently than the DC case against Sussman. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you've been watching what's happening in the Northern Virginia school district, I'm not sure it's that different. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this time will be different. Uh, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you watching, uh, watching this. If you had to pull one thing that everybody should get out of this, it is, that if people at the FBI don't go to prison for this, the rule of law in this country is dead. I hate to say I agree with you. Um, thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate it. Sean Davis, CEO and thank co-founder, you, you bet, of uh, The Federalist. I mean, that was, that was the gut punch yesterday. I expected it to happen, but that was the real gut punch. Um, and then it was followed by the juror that said, you know, What's the big deal lying to the FBI? What's the big deal? I mean, first in the 90s, it was, you know, so he lied about sex. He's married. It's no big deal. Okay, well, you don't lie to the FBI. You don't lie under oath. But it was just about sex. It was nothing important. This is about taking down the president of the United States. This is about using the full force and image of the Justice Department and everything else to stand against and mount a campaign against a sitting president. That's not just about having sex. But now the same group of people with the Clintons involved again. Eh, lying doesn't really matter. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to matter. Other than that, though, what... What's going on here? Doesn't seem like that big of a deal when you explain it that way. It's just about taking down a president. Right. Yeah, that's it. And look, we all know that there are all sorts of uh, you know uh, of 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 awful things that happen in the backgrounds of campaigns. 
right? I mean, we all know that people leak information. They do opposition research. They this Nixon is a reality. left office because someone tried to hack in at the time. It was physical because you couldn't hack in. Mm-hmm. Uh, tried to get information uh, from the Democratic you know, office in Washington, D.C. There was nothing of value there. Yeah. But Nixon and then they didn't continue to spy and, you know, any of that stuff. He left office because he was going to be impeached for doing that. You can't even get a low level attorney (laughs) in trouble for lying to the FBI about a bogus thing that just didn't happen just before the election. It ran during his current his his uh, presidency. They didn't stop. The Nixon thing was another time, right? And one, I think. I mean, you've told the story many times of your dad, right? Yeah. Uh, around around the Nixon time, saying like it, it changed everything, and maybe it was part of the thing that got the ball rolling on this uh, in the wrong direction. Well, in the wrong direction, it did because yeah. that's why everybody went to journalism school. All the people who are at the mm-hmm. head now. Uh, they all went to journalism school because they saw that two reporters could topple a president and they learned the wrong lesson. <laughs> they now think that they can topple any president because they don't like him. And like I as I was saying, we all know terrible people are involved in these campaigns all the time. There, there are the, there, there are people that are, that, you know, some of them are fine. Most a lot of them are terrible. They're, it's just a, it's a terrible industry. It's it's created with it with people who who want to just destroy others like literally their job is to destroy the lives of other people uh, as you go through uh, these campaigns. And, and many of the strategists are on this. And that's part of the reason why, like, I'm less, I don't know, activated, interested, riveted by what happens to the Clintons themselves as I am to what the media did with all this information and how they h- handled it. I mean, they took this information from them. They told us it was true. They they also tried to destroy a president and many, many people's lives, including low-level underlings of Trump. Uh, we've talked to several of them. And th- there has never been a moment where they said, holy crap, we got that one wrong. Hey, wow, we, we, we thought Donald Trump was really bad. Therefore, we jumped the gun on this. We believed all the bad stuff, and that's our fault. And here's what we're going to do in the future to correct it. Yeah, no, they don't think they made a mistake. No, you know, it's not one family or no. a one group of shady yeah, campaign. And I never operatives. thought the Clinton the Clintons yeah. are going to die rich and unhappy, and that's that's enough for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, they are they're never going to go to jail. Anybody who thinks they are, you're sadly mistaken. They're never going to go to jail. I didn't expect that, but. The fact that the FBI gets away with it and uh, the media gets away mm. with it in collusion with the Clintons is insane. That What have you taught uh, attorneys? What have you taught campaigns? As long as you're on the, wrong, uh, the right side of the FBI, they'll help you. That's not good. Mm-mm. Not good. All right. Real estate agents I trust. If you've noticed uh, that when you do the job right the first time, you don't have the hassle of doing it over and over again. You know what I mean? Comes to buying and selling homes, especially in the current market. Truer words have never been spoken. That's why you need the top of the line when it comes to a real estate agent. 
number of years ago, I formed a country, a country, a, I wish, a company called uh, Real Estate Agents I Trust, and it exists as a free service to you. Um, they know the best practices. Um, they're the best real estate agent, in our opinion, in your area. Somebody who understands the crazy housing market, someone who's a team leader and a closer. So if you're thinking about buying or selling a house, maybe you're selling a house and moving across the street or across the country. We have agents that you need to talk to. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a free service to you. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. 10 seconds. Station ID. Okay, so the White House yesterday uh, made it very clear that the um, the president has no intention of banning all handguns. Oh, okay. Well, whew, that's good, right? Um, and they're having meetings now with some of the tippity top Republicans who I trust uh, to uh, come up with some common sense uh, handgun. Uh, mm. controls and uh and and controls and, and what they've come up with are are um eight names of eight acts they want to and they're all good they raise the age act oh my gosh that's great prevent the gun trafficking act mm. the untraceable firearms act oh the ethan's law ethan's law the safe gun safe kids act i like safe kids do you like kimberly vaughn because she has a firearm safe storage act i yes i sure do we're gonna close the bump stock loophole act yes wait, wait. and this one the is loophole's the, a good one word for that because you can do you can fire like a bump stock with your belt loop so, oh i like that that's why i was just getting so excited and patriotic <laughs> about the keep american safe act ah oh thank goodness we have all of those wonderful. and it's going to help us uh help us out a lot now there was i will say i hmm? can i say tell you a little conversation i had uh, recently yeah. mm-hmm. uh with a friend who is conservative yeah a conservative who is not a big gun person yeah and, you know and follows the news but is not like listening to every single broadcast and following the details and as they went through, they were like, ah, oh, Biden sucks. And, you know, I, all this gun stuff they want to do is crazy. I mean, why don't they just uh, raise the age to 21? And why don't they yeah. just, you know. I love that one. Why don't they just uh, have mental health checks on everybody mm-hmm. when you're buying a gun? I'd be fine with it. I'd go back in every six months and have one if they need oh, to. Oh, you go back in to have a mental health check and, every and six I, months. And the reason why I bring the conversation mm-hmm. up yeah. is because a lot of this stuff. If you're not in the Second Amendment argument every day, it sounds never completely reasonable. Yes. And if it doesn't affect you, yeah. which, by the way, it doesn't affect most people. Most people well, do I not come own up, firearms. May I, may I come up with some common yes. sense gun laws that I think mm-hmm. common sense? So is I, I don't know what an adult is anymore. You're an adult at 26, according to the insurance companies. Right. You're an adult, <laughs> according to the rental car companies, at 25. Right. Um, according to the bar, you're 21. Mm-hmm. If you want to vote or fight for your country, you're an adult at 18. So you can have the AR-15 yeah. then, yeah, but not. Right. Okay. And you can, you can be firing it on a battlefield while being shot at uh, and vote at the same time. Mm. So that's great. That is great. Now, to vote, you don't need an ID. 
you can register the day of. It's no problem. But if I go into a gas station and I try to buy a beer at a gas station and I look 18 or 20, they have to ask you for an ID. They must or they will get fined and in trouble. But the ID, you know, voter ID, please, we don't need it for that. That's racist to ask for that. So you need an ID for drinking at a gas station, um, but you don't need one for voting. You definitely need more than an ID to buy a gun. And then I would like to ask if you're serious, okay, you want to raise it to 21? Great. Voting, 21. Military, they can't go in at 18, got to be 21. If you're old enough to shoot and kill in a war, you're certainly old enough uh, to uh, carry a gun. Yeah. Yes. Um, and by the way, if Hollywood really cared, because I see that every time I watch a show, it will tell me sex, violence, and my favorite, smoking. <gasps> Kids, we can't watch this. There's smoking on screen. Smoking. I love that one. That's my favorite when it comes up smoking. I think, really? That? You're concerned about smoking? Of course! We have to have people stop watching movies because people are smoking and that will encourage other people to smoke. Hollywood, I will take you seriously on guns <laughs> when you ban the use of all guns in all of your movies. Hollywood should ban guns in the fictional world before it happens here go ahead hollywood why won't you do it you ban smoking oh, it kills people you say this is the worst plague of all time guns america's out of control with that the rest of the world agrees with that good then ban all guns all guns no guns in any of your movies not even with the police because I could grow up watching that and thinking, wow, that gun is really cool. And I, you know, I don't care if it's a police officer. I want one of them things and I'm going to get it and I'm going to smoke at the same time. Go ahead, Hollywood. You first ban your rubber guns before you come for mine. I mean, the least you could do is do it with Alec Baldwin. Uh, all right. Sporting today is your last chance to take advantage of Blinds.com's Memorial Day sale. You can get 50% off site-wide. 50% off. Uh, I live in Texas where it's the fire's a hell hot already. Uh, and, you know, when, you know, the sprinklers are really only there to stop your lawn from catching fire. It doesn't make it green. Um, but they have heat-busting custom window treatments from Blinds.com. Uh, you lose about 60 or 70% of all of the heat or the coolness in your house just by that sun beating in. Ordering online doesn't mean to, you have to sacrifice on style or service. Blinds.com has the latest styles of premium blinds, drapes, shutters, a whole lot more. And they're... 30,000 five-star reviews, the number one online retailer of blinds and shades and shutters, and 50% off. Today is the last day. Blinds.com, the Memorial Day sale. 
Get it right now. 50% off at blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Bidenflation for 20 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Finally, a sports figure both Stu and I can agree on. <laughs> uh, from the Orlando uh, Magic, we have Jonathan Isaac, uh, a great player. Stu knows everything about him. I have no idea. But I do know, he, I know you because you are the guy who took two stands uh, when it was really not in your best interest to do so. Uh, so welcome. I'm glad you're yeah, here. Glenn, thank you so much for having me, Stu. I'm excited to talk yeah, with you guys. Thank you. Um, so you've just put out the book, Why I Stand. Um, and take me through uh, Take me through the first stand, which was the flag, right? Yes, sir. Uh, everybody was, stand, uh, was kneeling, taking a knee for the flag, and you refused to do it. Yeah, so... There's a, there's a lot of backstory okay. and a lot of details that the book offers. So if you want to get all of it, you got to go get why I stand. But for me, when what happened to George Floyd was obviously tragic and it was obviously terrible. But what I tried my best to do was take a step back and think, what is the best way for me to respond in this moment? And looking out, I'm thinking to myself, man, the world needs healing. Um, and, mm-hmm. and to me, healing is not going to come through a movement. It's not going to come through an organization, a party, anything like that. When I looked at my own life, I said, man, my life has been supported, changed and healed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus Christ. And I was saying, man, this is the message that I want to push. And this is the message that I want to share in this moment. And so when I thought about healing, I know that racism and all the things that plague our society are heart issues and they're yes. ultimately spiritual issues. Yes. And I said to myself, you know what? I can't think of a better message or antidote for these times other than that message, so I decided to share it. The one thing I love in your book, you talk about how you didn't feel, you kind of felt like a fraud. Um, And it wasn't until you found a relationship with God that you realized, no, 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 I I have everything I need uh, to be able to succeed and to thrive, right? Yes, sir. Ab- absolutely. I-, I grew up Christian, yeah. so my parents always had me in the church like every single day. But as I begin to grow up and and, and just kind of want it, want what the world has to offer and went yeah. after it and all the things like that. But I have this great like coming to God moment in the book and stories full of details and just God orchestrating my footsteps and ultimately me coming to understand that God loves me for me. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to strive for it. I don't have to make a basket. It in order changes to everything, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I, I mean, I was I was so related to this section of the book because that's the way I was. And I was very formulaic when I was I, I knew what the right thing to do was, right. you know, to be able to advance a career and everything else. And it was just I was just miserable because it wasn't real. And I was just covering for all the things that I thought I was deficient in, wow. you know, and when you, for me, I had to have a bad break. Uh, but when you have that God moment and you surrender, oh my gosh, it's crazy great, yes, crazy sir. great. And, and to your point about having that like bad break, like. I, I was injured at the time. And so it's like uh, God uses those moments to kind of yeah. get our attention. Yeah. And, and, and in that he revealed himself to me. And I'm like, man, like this is is great. And I've been on this journey of just growing in relationship with him. And 
ultimately to go from a young boy who struggled with anxiety, struggled with fear, self-insecurity to a man that was willing to stand up for what he believes in in these moments and display a form of courage that I hope that everyone can take from the book and internalize and ultimately do the same. And it is, it's only because, you know, I think that the, what God does for people, a belief in God is um, give you the confidence that you need and not an arrogant confidence, but give you the confidence to be able to go in on the basketball court and know I got this, yeah. you know, go anywhere. I got this and then go into the lion's den and say, yeah, okay. I'm uh, I'm not going to kneel. I'm not going to wear the, the, uh, you know, the black lives matter Jersey either. Yes, sir. And, and, and to your point about what God does, what, what, what I was, the message that I was trying to get across in the moment is when you have these times like George Floyd or any tragedy or anything like that, what's so easy for us to do is immediately take the, take the role of, of the judge and say, this person is awful. They did this, throw them away. They're terrible. Um, but what I have seen in my own life is when I was able to look at my own sin, my own shortcomings, my own failures, I was able to sympathize with people who go through the same thing. And what the, what the gospel does is it puts everybody on the same playing field. Right. And it says, it we, is we're all in need. Yes, we're all justice. It is real equity. You right. know what I mean? It's we are, it, when we come here, we are all equalized, right? You in, know, in, in, in our own in our own way. Yes, sir. In, in need of a savior, and so it's pretty much saying like we we need to stand up for what we believe in because at the end of the day, I didn't kneel and I didn't wear the t-shirt. We need to do those things, but at the same time, we do it in love and we render to people what we would have them render to us. And ultimately, the way God handles us is the right way to handle. So, people. what was the result from your teammates? Yeah, uh, it was. So it, first off, it was a very emotional time. Okay. There, there were yeah, guys oh, yeah. on my team who were extremely charged about the BLM movement and being all in. And so we had a heated conversation afterwards. We had a team only meeting, just the players, and, and, and certain guys you know, felt a way about it and were upset about the stand that I took. And we were able to have a conversation and almost leave it at, look, you guys believed in what you were kneeling for. But I believe in what I'm standing for too, and I, I respect you guys' decisions That's to great. kneel. But I, I expect that same respect and have in return. Those, have those wounds healed with everybody on the team? Well, I, I think as time has gone on, right. everyone has been able to kind of breathe a little bit and re, and see kind of the landscape for what it was, and to see the way that the organization or people right. were moving in that time. It was very angry. It was very yeah. you know vitriol, mm-hmm. but um, have been able to take a step back and kind of see some of the things that are going on. And then you took another controversial stand. You wouldn't take the COVID vaccine. No, I I didn't. And and that that for me was a kind of a, the same trail where it was like you know what I need to take a step back, see what's going on because this thing is being forced. Um, you know, people are losing right. their jobs. People are medical and religious exemptions are being denied. This feels fishy to me. And then we get to the point where the Rolling Stone article drops and they say that I came to my decision by watching Donald Trump press conferences and studying black history. And that was when I was like, you know what, on principle, even not saying that the vaccine is terrible and everybody's going to die if they take it, but on principle, this thing hasn't been gone about the right way. And uh, so I decided not to take it and just be a voice for people who I think they would have actually had more people get the vaccine if they hadn't been so creepy about it. I'd absolutely it. agree. Yeah, I'd absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it was just creepy. I, I, I it just creeped agree. a lot of people I out. I absolutely yeah. ag- agree with that. And at the end of the day, it's just when you're coming across something like that and you're, you're studying exactly what COVID is and everything that they're saying, it should have just been a choice. It should have just been a choice. And, you know, one of the questions that I got was, you know, you took, you took vaccines when you were younger. Um, 
but I was like, at the end of the day, that was my mother's choice to give it to me. And she wasn't yeah. forced to do it. And so uh, I, I think just the way that it was forced, the way that it was pushed. And even throughout the season, I was the only one who who didn't get vaccinated. And I didn't get COVID. So many guys on the team who are vaccinated. So many COVID. people who have been who had the COVID vaccine, you know, uh, episode one through seven uh, <laughs> are getting the, you know, are getting COVID over and over and over again. I don't know what the stats are. You probably do. I don't know what the stats are. Are they? At the bottom line, though, is, as you point out, it should be your choice. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get it, you get it. If you don't want to get it, you, you shouldn't want to get it. The religious exemption thing is a really important part of this that you mentioned. Right. I mean, if, if you believe that this is not for you, who who's the NBA? Who is the government to tell you that you have to take it? Right. And, th- and that's the principle that I was talking about, about just like not saying that the vaccine is some awful thing, but, you know, obviously some people have had adverse reactions to it. I'm young. I'm healthy. I've already had COVID in the past. I have natural immunity. I don't see the wisdom in putting this into my body and still being able to get the the, the virus and transmitted mm-hmm. anyway. And so, uh, but just for the principle of the people who were struggling in that time, the people who went from essential workers to, uh, you know, being able to be excluded, I was like, you know, just on principle, I don't think this is right for me. So the name of the book is Why I Stand by Jonathan Isaac. It is a tremendous book. How is it doing? It's doing fantastic. So we became a national bestseller this week. Um, Good. And again, they tell me that you're, you're the guy and you're going to be the continue. <laughs> I'm the guy. You are. You're, the, you're the guy to push this thing. So uh, I'm, I'm well, just... I will tell you that it is uh, exceptional. And you're number one on Christian, number one in sports. So this this week, so when we first dropped, we were number one in Christian, number one in political books, number one in basketball biographies. And then I think we got as high as 15 overall books. But I think after this interview, we're going to get to we're going to get to one in overall books. Well, that would be uh, I mean, I can't do that for my book in The New York Times. I can do it on all other lists, but not The New York Times. So don't count on it. Uh, but uh, the name of the book is Why I Stand. And it is truly an inspirational book. It is. I mean, there is a real shortage of two things and they uh, are correlated Um People who actually believe in God and the power of God. I'm not saying that, yeah, I believe in God. No, no. You actually believe in God. And the other is we have a lack of people who actually have courage. And those two go hand in hand. You cannot break those two apart. You'll have courage because you believe in God. Um, And this book does a great job of explaining in just a story form of your own life. Right. And and to the point about that, it's like what I do really love about the book is that it's not a fairy tale. It's not like this guy is just the most courageous guy in the world and he has such great belief and he's just did this amazing thing. And it's not something that people can strive toward. There are moments in the book where, again, I talk about my early childhood, about how much I struggle with anxiety and how developing a relationship with Christ has been the thing and the people that were around me in that time to help me get through that. I mean, ultimately get me to be able to stand in the first place. So it's something that people can draw off of. People can see themselves in the story. People can be encouraged and inspired that they can do the same because it's the same thing that I went through. And you had to have a conversation with your wife at some point going, honey, this is hundreds of millions of dollars that are at stake, right? Well, she wasn't my wife at the time. She was my fiance. Okay. Um, but the, the night before, did she encourage you to take stand? Yes. So, the, the, so the <laughs> you the, married the right woman. I, I did. Yeah. So the the night before I stood, I was on the phone with my pastor. He was my first call, and my my fiance was my second. I called him, and we're talking about you know you don't understand how big this is going to be. Like I'm I'm going to oh, be a coon. I'm going to be an Uncle Tom. Jeez. I, um, mm. you know I hadn't signed my contract yet, 
And so that was still up in the air. So that could have been that could have been destroyed. Um, but he said, you cannot stand for God and God not stand for you. And so we, we went with it. And the same thing I said to my wife, she was like, you're, you're standing alone in there, but you're not standing alone yeah. because I'm standing with you. And so there, there are many people who have been encouraged by it, many Christians who are standing and many people who just believe the message that ultimately the love of God is what heals and, and being able to show the love of God in these moments, still standing for what you believe in, but, but rendering unto others the way that you would want to be, mm-hmm. you, you, would, you would want it. So if, if you did something that was wrong and it was caught on tape, you would want mercy. You would mm-hmm. want forgiveness. You would want people to handle you in a certain mm-hmm. way. So we have to be the ones that understand from a Christian perspective and want to show Boy, that same love and, and grace to other people. You get it. You're you're fantastic. <laughs> to God be all yeah, yeah. <laughs> to God And be all I'm not just saying that because you just signed an $80 million contract and I'd like a loan. <laughs> but uh, the, <laughs> uh, his name is Jonathan Isaac. Uh, he is with the Orlando uh, Magic. Why I Stand. It's tremendous. Buy it wherever you get your books. Go to Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Now, Why I Stand. Thank you, sir. Thank you. God bless you. I don't know about you, but I take uh, pride in being the standard bearer for both comfort and style. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at me. Really? I mean, look how soft I look. (laughs) I am really comfortable. Um, uh, My Slippers is a really comfortable pair of uh, slippers. They're from MyPillow. You can wear them all day. And boy, I threaten these with my kids, you know. Hey, let's go to the mall together. I'm going to wear my slippers, and it's catwalk time when I get there. Oh, you're going to clean your room first? Okay. Uh, Mike Lindell took over uh, uh, two years to develop my slippers. They're made with three-tier cushioning, um, really soft foam, two layers of my pillow foam, and a layer of impact gel to ensure that your, uh, your, your feet are just comfortable and you're not fatigued at the end of the day. Try these slippers, extremely durable, made for outside. You can wear them all day. Um, for a limited time, you can save 90 bucks on a pair of my slippers, and they're having a blowout sale, and it's not going to last. So go to MyPillow.com, click on Radio Lister Specials, and use the promo code BECK to receive an incredible limited-time offer. Slippers come with a one-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So, you know, they don't... They, they aren't the most comfortable, they're not the most durable, or your kids don't clean your room, uh, their room when you threaten a catwalk. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, send them back. Promo code BECK, get a special right now. It's MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at GlennBeck.com. What an incredibly nice guy. Really normal, down to earth, enormous hands. (laughs) Uh, uh, We're talking about uh, Jonathan Isaac, who is just in uh, from NBA Orlando Magic. And he just put a book out, Why I Stand. And I'm telling you, you're going to love the book. You'll just love the book. It was funny because, I mean, when that happened... It was a, a big story, and I don't think people really understood what an impossible stand that was. He in that d- hadn't signed his contract. That's a big part of it. And he was hurt. Uh, yeah. So, like, you know. It, they had an they, excuse had to be excuse, like, I, yeah. we don't know. He's been on the bench now for, do you call it a bench? In, He's been injured, yeah, for injured the last Injured for the last years. two years. 
Yeah. I uh, mean, I don't treat me like I'm an imbecile. I do know things like. Do you? Injured and bench and stuff. Good. I'd good. like to ask him, I'm going to, because I'm going to see him out in the hallway in a minute. I really want to ask him, why do any of you guys, you're so good at basketball, why do any of you miss the foul shot? You know where <laughs> it is. You're right. Sh- right? Isn't that what you call it? <laughs> No, that's good. Okay. That's, no, you're doing a really good job right. analyzing this situation. You should continue because you're doing right. a, you're doing great. All right, people, pe- people. I saw somebody mention this the other day, and I went, "Yeah, mm. yeah, that's right. They are. They're standing at the top of the key every time. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is shoot it in the back. It's not like, uh, hey, this time, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be over here. How do you not get that shot every time? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a Amazing analysis, right? If, I think people who are really into sports, you might be too deep for the for the average audience I member think so. right now. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard anybody on sports radio I or ESPN ask that? Thousands of hours of sports and radio, never, and never, 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 never has anyone broken it down quite like that? Right? Yeah, right. You, you, you've got a, you. you've got a special talent. Thank you. Would you consider mm-hmm. a separate podcast about sports every week? No, I wouldn't. Because I, I would, li- no. I will say, I would listen to that. <laughs> oh, yes, I would. We should do one. We should just do one episode mm-hmm. just on sports. Yeah. We'll watch it together. We'll do the play-by-play. You'll take some notes. Yeah. And we can go and just discuss your observations yeah. of yeah. the game this, at hand. This next Super Bowl. Well, you're always gone at Super Bowl. Sorry. I forget he's white and has all that privilege. <laughs> Sorry, mister. I go to the Super Bowl every year. We can do the championship games. It'll be fun. All right. All right. We'll do it. Right. We'll do it. All right. We'll see you tonight, 9 p.m. This is the Glenn Back Program.